one of my criteria for do I keep or do I dare to start a new tech is first of all, let's be a little bit more slow to do it. And I'm, I'm only really coming to this point myself now, having had too much of the pain of this. But also I think some tools to your point are more flexible than others. Hey folks, this is Michael Vizi from Amazing FBA Podcast for Amazon Sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, which has got a slightly broader remit for all e-commerce sellers. In this deep dive episode, Jason Miles and I deep dive into a key e-commerce topic. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello there, folks. Welcome back to The E-Commerce Leader. So we are today uh, having the third uh, and final episode in our very mini series on planning your year a really fantastic thing to do if you want to just get your head above the grind and the firefighting and the you know the reality of running a business on the day-to-day and make sure you're actually going to create something this year you're going to be happy about when you look back at the end of the year and go wow i'm glad we planned that because this has really become something that i want it to be rather than just resulting from the daily grind um so if you want to know more about that, we are talking about today your toolkit, three areas, your tech toolkit, which obviously every e-commerce operator I've ever met is obsessed with. What is the right app? But also two other things that really I've got to thank Jason for thinking of as a toolkit, which is your mindsets, including what mentors you might choose and management strategies. Um, talking of mentors, if you did want some help from Jason or myself, Jason can be found at omnirockets.com. That's O-M for mother, N for November, I, omnirockets.com. And I'm over at Amazing FBA. That's F for fulfilled, B for buy and A by Amazon, amazingfba.com. So that's where you can find us. If you want to get us as your mentors, we'd be honored to discuss that possibility with you. Um, other than that, just remains for me to say uh, stay tuned take notes and if you want to see the notes we've got and the show notes are over at the ecommerceleader.com so do go check that out and enjoy the show so we've talked about what your plan is for 2023 we've talked about what your team is for 2023 and the third thing we wanted to talk about was what's your toolkit for 2023 and by toolkit i mean the technology the business philosophies and tools even the management strategies that you're bringing to 2023 to refine what you do and improve your system. So tech tools are, are always changing, always firm. Obviously, we had a conversation in our last couple podcasts about ChatGPT. I think we were talking about that three days after it went live and I was going on and on and you were looking at it with me. Uh, and now a month later, as we record this, the whole world has been captivated by the potential of chat GPT as a tool for their toolkit. And many people have talked about, you know, what it means for the e-commerce world, what it means for writers, what it means for white collar workers on and on and on. Uh, so I guess we were a little bit ahead of the curve, <laughs> a month ahead of the curve as it relates to that toolkit. Um, but I think it's a really, really interesting question to ask yourself at the beginning of the year, what tech tools do I want to lean into or need to lean into? and really master or find someone who's mastered them, you know, the who, uh, not the how, but if you're, you know, the question is whether you learn it yourself or you find somebody, what are the tools that you really need to lean into? So what are your thoughts on this one? Any, uh, anything stand out to you in terms of your tech stack or your, uh, toolkit for 2023? Not any particular tech. In fact, I'm going to sort of flip this on its head a bit and say, um, 
it's really important to use the right tools, of course. But I think what I see is in the mastermind, for example, whenever you mention a specific tool, everyone writes it down. When you're talking about mindset or strategies, people are poking at their phones and checking emails. And I think my experience of the value is kind of inversely proportionate to that, which is to say, of course, the right tech tools are important. But if you're using a tool because somebody said this is really cool, then you're being dragged into acting on the basis of the marketing team of that tool. And it may or may not happen to serve you. That's fairly random. So you are a tool. <laughs> you are a tool on the tech company. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's obvious, but it sounds obvious, but we live in a world where obviously the, the best paid, you know, people in the world, in the world of, of e-commerce or some of the smartest people in the world, full stop, have been spending a lot of time and energy trying to engage you and keep you engaged in using some kind of online tool. Facebook and YouTube spring to mind as the most extreme examples, but even Helium 10 or fussing about, you know, the latest, you know, is chat GPT going to revolutionize my copywriting and stuff? Yeah, maybe. But if you don't have a clarity of who you're trying to reach, why, where it comes in your funnel, that kind of stuff, then it still yeah. isn't going to help as much as it could. So I would say um, the, the strategies and the mindsets need to come before the tools. And that's easy to say and hard to do because it's constantly... Yeah. You're being seduced consciously. People are doing it for a reason. And you have you're, to just stand back from that, I think. You're constantly in the real world of competitive marketing for your mind share being plugged into someone else's agenda. Exactly so. Yeah, beautifully yeah. put. Yeah, so you've got to have your agenda first before you open your computer. I think Tim Ferriss said it in, in the 4-Hour Work Week. He said so many things succinctly and well um, years ago. And he said something like, before you open your computer, make sure you've got a list of why you're getting in there in the first place. Mm -hmm. and I think that's very wise when it comes to tech tools, really. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and, you know, there are so many that we get roped into or, you know, shiny object syndrome. And it's like, oh, this could be amazing. I'll, I'll sign up for the $29 a month level of this. That seems like a good deal. And, you know, nine months later, we don't even remember what it was or why we're paying. Can't even find a way to cancel the monthly subscription because we don't even remember the, the billing name doesn't match the tool name or whatever. Yep, absolutely. How many of us have been there? Yeah, it's really important. That's like kind of ties in with the start, stop, keep list. I think it's really good. I mean, I don't do this anything like as often as I should, but whenever I sit down and I keep this super primitive, so I can't wriggle out of it, I just download my main current account that's linked with the tech tools I spend. And some people use credit cards and just look at it and go, do I need this? And a lot of the time is no. And sometimes I can drop down a level or I can just phone up my phone company and threaten to leave and they'll cut my bill in half. And th those kinds of things can save you an awful lot of overhead. So every yeah. six months, I would say absolutely necessary for any e Fair point. So the first question is review your list of tech tools and eliminate things that you're not using before you add anything else. Absolutely. And then also, you know, obviously re-look re at what you do have that are for your paid tools and whether they can serve you well. And there are so many trade-offs where... We have a tool, for example, I'll just use a specific example. We have a tool like Kajabi and then we want to do a new thing and we're like, wow, maybe we should use StateGific or Teachable or on and on and on and on, you know, maybe we should use ClickFunnels for that. Maybe we should use whatever it is. And the reality is a lot of times our existing tech stack can serve the purpose of our new project. We just haven't thought through, you know, Slack is a, a good example of this. You know, there's a million team and productivity tools and Every time a team member wants to start a new project, sometimes if you're not disciplined as a group, you know, they can be like, let's use this tool for managing this thing. Like, wait, we're not introducing a new tool. <laughs> you have to manage something. And so, you know, these, uh, these team and 
in a group productivity, uh, you know, management softwares can get quickly out of hand. It's just as one example. Um, but the bigger question is, are you doing something new that requires a new tech stack or a new approach? And, uh, and, and I think that's the interesting question. And if that's true, it begs the second question, which is, you know, who do you learn it from? Where do you mm-hmm. get your, your knowledge and insight and that kind of thing? I think you're right. And the more I think about this and the more I think you should be pretty slow to add tech just as you would with an employee, including free stuff, because apart from your time and energy, as you just implied, there's a big learning curve for pretty much anything that's a very powerful tool. And there's the financial overhead as well. But then there's the interactivity between all of them, all of which reminds you of the Seth Godin thing, a project debt. I mean, you get a project debt when you have 10 people working on a project and you add five to them to get it to go quicker and it slows down, for example. And I think you get a a version of that with tech as well. If you have 10 different tech systems instead of three, you've either got to get them to talk to each other, which is always lots of fun, not, or you've got to, you know, get good at using 10 different systems and then you've got to port, um, you know, data from one to the other. So I would say one of my criteria for do I keep or do I dare to start a new tech is first of all, let's be a little bit more slow to do it. And I'm, I'm only really coming to this point myself now, having had too much of the pain of this, but also I think some tools to your point are more flexible than others. Kajabi, if you're in this sort of membership type space, yeah. Slack, if you're in the communication, I've found Airtable to be the most flexible tool. So I prefer it to Trello or Asana or ClickUp, but it really doesn't matter which of those you use, as long as you use one rather than, as you said, three across a team of five, which is so common. I've had that and I've just basically kind of banned that now because it just gets too confusing. Yeah. You don't realize what's happening and it kind of sneaks up on your eye. Wait, we're in like 19 different softwares to do this like (laughs) two-step business process. Yes. It's so easy to do that. And the thing is, I would say it's worth really reviewing. I mean, so from a strategic point of view, it's funny how much there is behind this, this tech choice, isn't there? There's so much going on with it. Um, I would say it's worth looking at your processes and seeing what tools you can cut not necessarily because 29 bucks a month is so much, although it all adds up, but because if you can cut complexity, it's simpler to teach somebody. It's easier to find somebody. They don't have to be an amazingly yeah. clever person to work two softwares as opposed to 10. Um, it's uh, fewer processes, so therefore less that can go wrong. You know, So there's an awful lot of upside from cutting things and simplifying things. And I think tech stacks are always one of those things I always look at. And after a while, I think this is horrendous. We need to cut this. And I've got yeah. quite a few things thinking about it that they're quite refined in the sense we've done a lot of them in the podcast particularly, but on the other hand, um, they're probably over complex. I partly know that because I'm an over complex kind of guy. And if you know mm-hmm. that you're that person, yeah. you got to simplify more frequently than other people would, I guess. Yeah. No, I think that's totally right. And, and with all that said, however, the internet is creating new technology tools that solve problems and do new things for us at a pace that's just insane. And the, the thing that I think is the valid and rational search for new tech is the answer to this question. What am I spending a lot of time or money on that there is a technologist solution for that I am not aware of? And that to me is the really profound question because you know, we've all been in this circumstance where it's like, man, I spent three hours doing this thing. And then you talk to somebody else and they're like, there's an app for that. It takes 10 seconds, but wait, what? The old way takes four hours and I have to have an expensive software, you know, thing to do it. And the new way there's an app and it's just a push button, simple, you know, outcome. There's always those kinds of 
scenarios. And the, the reality is we need to be in conversation with uh, birds of a feather, you know, that are doing the, the similar types of things, going to the conferences or whatever, so that we can stay current so that we optimize our time and our, our money. Uh, is the, is the main reason why in my mind, we do need to be on the hunt for new tech tools, uh, because there is just constant solution space that's emerging for these problems. Um, and yeah. that's the piece to me that is the pool yeah. of anticipation and searching and finding and trying out these new, new tools is that, uh, hope and it's reality frequently that you can save time or you can yeah. save money. Definitely. I, I mean, I think uh, about this again, coming back to the idea of investing that you um, mentioned before, I think having an investor mindset is great. I, I think Warren Buffett, this is the extreme version that Warren Buffett said, if you had a car and you could punch it 10 times in your life and that would be it for each mm -hmm. investment you made, you'd make pretty thoughtful investment decisions. And I don't think we should go that far. Um, but I do think if you force yourself to slow down for a second and, and ask that excellent question that you put, which I think is, what am I spending a lot of time or money on that I, has a tech that could save this? Or there's an app for that. Really great question. And I think as long as you have really been mindful about choosing your tech rather than grabbing everything that's out there or grabbing everything that's out there for a limited period and then throwing everything except the one thing out of the, out of the way, if you've got a free trial or whatever, then that's an excellent approach because then over time, you're right. There is more and more automation that will take care of stuff. Um, yeah. It's just that. I'm always conscious of that. So tempting and easy to add it. There you go. So maybe we're a little bit on the opposite sides of the fence, which by the way, is a good reason well, to have a team. If you've got one person who's really pro tech and the other person's a bit anti, then you'll end up with a really balanced uh, company in the middle, I think. Yeah. That's a good reason to have a CFO or someone who serves as a CFO role in your business for, for our charity. We have a CFO that is such an amazing help. An asset to the organization. And one of the things she does is just constantly ask that question. What are these expenses? You know, she's asked me about this one subscription for about nine months, which is why I was saying that thing a few minutes ago that you were laughing at, which is I, I have this recurring $9 charge and she's asked me because she just wondered what it was, but, uh, I can't find how to cancel it. And, uh, so yeah, I was laughing because I've had the same experience so many times I go through my stuff. I'm like, what is this $9? And then it's on PayPal, which doesn't help. And then you look at that and you go, well, there's some company I've never heard of. And you Google the company. <laughs> yeah, it's a mystery, yeah. right? Am I really canceling this credit card and getting a new one just so I can chill? <laughs> <laughs> well, funnily enough, that, that is one approach. If you want to be more radical, if you want to sort of assume discontinuity and fight for continuity. Mm -hmm. uh, one friend of mine, he's a very successful e-commerce uh, operator, has a credit card that he uses for all of his tech um, subscriptions. And every six months, he cancels the credit card. So Perfect. all of them stop. And of course, you know, that sounds horrific, but what happens is all of them will get in touch with you and say, oh, your subscription stopped. Did you know? And by the way, we've got this extra special deal. So you'll certainly hear about it. And, you know, if yeah. you've had your wallet stolen and had to cancel your cards, you've had the same experience. So he, he induces that kind of tech heart attack in his business every six months, which yeah. is kind of but it really, his CFO is probably pretty happy about that, I imagine. Yeah. Or the other side of the coin is the ones that you are actively using on a daily, weekly basis. You'll be like, oh, wait, I got to set this one back up. It's about exactly. To, you know, it forces you to make a decision again that it was otherwise yeah. automatic, which is, by the way, the, the flip side of why you should have a subscription business is why you should be very careful about having subscriptions yourself, right? They're seductive yeah. and dangerous things. So we've wandered into the toolkit space that I wanted to talk about for a couple minutes, which is beyond tech. And that is the toolkits of mindset and the toolkit of management strategies. 
And I think there's very interesting things that we can um, add to our overall toolkit in these areas. And, you know, the philosophies and, and strategies um, are an area where I think we, the, it begs the question, who is your mentor? Who are you learning from? Are you a student generally? And who are you a student of or from? And that, I think that toolkit is one to really focus on at the beginning of the year. Like, who am I going to learn from in 2023? What is their philosophy or approach to, you know, to work? Now, you know, you've already in this conversation mentioned uh, Michael Gerber, Emis, you mentioned Tim Ferriss. I mentioned Robert Kiyosaki. You know, these are, these are, you know, those are 15, 20, 30 year old books that are in essence, de facto mentors or philosophy uh, experts that we have kind of hung our hat on and, and, and built businesses around. And the question I would have is who are those new people now in our life for 2023 that we would say, I'm going to learn this new thing from this new person because he's right or she's right about this thing that I'm weak in. And I want to level up my trade craft as a manager, an investor, uh, you know, whatever it is, a writer, like what, you know, whatever the thing might be. Um, and I think that's an important track to run down and think about. Um, and then the other thing associated with that is management strategies. Are there techniques or approaches to your big plan that are, uh, you know, strategies you can employ and learn from people to, you know, how to implement? So what are your thoughts on those? Any, any, uh, ideas as it relates to 2023 for your new philosophies or mentors or that kind of thing? <laughs> Um, I think first of all, um, I just want to say how much I agree. I think, um, we kind of backed into this, as you said, from talking about tech tools that the, the use of a tech tool forces you to think, why am I doing this? Which forces you to think sometimes, oh, I don't know. And in fact, I don't have a framework for answering a question. Why? Which implies to me that as a lack of uh, strategy and the word strategy gets you overused. I mean, people use it to mean what I think of as a tactic. Like how do you know, what's the strategy for getting some more traffic to your Amazon listing? Well, that's not a strategy, that's a tactic, unless it's a really big, big wholesale sort of picture. Um, so it's an overused word, but underappreciated. I don't think it means a strategic plan. I think it means a blend of like philosophy, but in action, something like that. Um, so, um, for example, and this came up the other day at the mastermind, um, are you going to go and try and dominate every space you're in? Or are you going to make it work being in the middle? Are you going to be very, very aggressive and get a lot of funding and investment? And one of the guys in the mastermind used to have about, you know, just got a half a million pounds about and whatever, $600,000 loan secured in his house. And that counts as a success for him. And then somebody else has just sold 40% of their business for about half a million euros. That's a success for him. So those are, if you like, different philosophies. And I think those are, that's when it's really, when you're making big decisions like that, it's really important to talk to to mentors and I would say people who've done it before but also sometimes people who have a knack for looking at things in a certain way and I guess sometimes people outside of the e-commerce business but who have a good investor mindset might be useful people to talk to so um, my answer to the question of who to talk to over time is um, if you've got a big decision run it past multiple different types of people as well in fact more than one mentor really yeah sure no I love that um, yeah so this is I think there's some really important to think about for 2023. Um, my toolkit for 2023 or what I'm going to try to achieve includes the strategic or effective use of book launches. I'll lean into that more and more. It's got one coming up next few weeks for my new book about uh, our charity work. Um, challenges 
is one that we've done in the past and that we're going to continue to lean into. Um, online courses is one that I'm excited about to continue to, you know, refine that that's been what we've done since 2016, I guess is online courses. Um, the others that are top of mind for me are uh, paid advertising techniques, particularly on Amazon. Um, and, um, and leaning into podcasts more, uh, and getting better and better at podcasts. Um, I want to create podcast conversations with new folks that are interview based. And I think it'll be probably for our charity in the charity space, but it'll be interview based podcasts and then be out there on podcasts more. So that's something I haven't really done at all, but we just have this conversation. Um, and then our, our, our four person conversation with Kyle and Chris, but to me, uh, leaning in a podcast more for 2023 is part of it in that new way. Yeah. And of course you? I, I met you because you came on an amazing FPA podcast as a guest at what, three, four years ago now. So that goes to show how relationships yeah. spin off from podcasts. I have to say, I would advise a lot of people to have a podcast, not because of what it appears to be, which is having an audience, but because of the people you can attract because of having an audience and the interviews you get, I mean, like with you, you know, you just learn so much from smart people if you're in that that space. So that's just one of the many reasons to be a podcaster, in my opinion. Um, yeah, for me, I don't haven't really defined very clearly yet what I'm um, a lot of the detail on what I'm doing this year. I sort of feel behind the curve, but I think one of the things I want to do is kind of the the very obvious, which is to recognise that the world, which was very offline in terms of the there's business meetings I ran and then went entirely online during the pandemic, the sort of new working pattern is reflected in how willing people are to come to to London and, and turn up for things. And so I need to get a sort of hybrid of online and offline in a blend that works financially, but also in terms of um, the feeling for the the convenience of online versus the you know energy of offline. And so that's a blend that I need to work on, um, which in a way I've been working on for several years. So I need to refine that blend. Um, so that's kind of a weird mixture of online and offline tools. That's more of a strategy than a tool set, I guess. Yeah. And then, yeah, book launching for me. I mean, you're, you're coming more into podcasting. Happy to chat to you about how to do interviews, having done maybe a thousand by now, but um, not that you necessarily want to do it the same way I have. And then, yeah, for me, uh, getting books out there is something that's been on the agenda for about three years. And somehow I've never cleared the space for it. And this year needs to be the one that I'm going to do that. I'm saying this in January 2023. It's publicly recorded. So I guess I can listen back at the end of 2023. Let's see if I've been true to that or not, but I real, really feel that's very overdue for me. So book launch yeah. is definitely for me as well. Well, I'd encourage you in that regard. And I think I have over the course of the last few years, encourage you to go for the gusto on the books. It continues to be something that I just, I'm passionate about it. I think if you're a writer, you write. And, uh, that's it. If you, if that's your inclination is to, to be a writer, then it's never been a better time to publish books and have that be a, a you know, legion source, a revenue source, and on and on and on. And so, yeah, that's one of the things that I'm continuing to be passionate about. That's the kind of work that hasn't gotten old to me. Uh, my first book came out 10 years ago, Pinterest Power with McGraw-Hill. And uh, I remember vividly where I was and the activities associated with that book coming out when I got my literal hands on the first copy from the publisher. And 10 years later, that's still exciting to me and still fun. And so, yeah, if that's something that is of interest, I've never taught book launches or book marketing, but it is fun and I really enjoy it. So I encourage anybody to, uh, to go after that goal. Um, and so 
I think in summary, I would just say to conclude the conversation here, your 2023 is what you make it. Let's not be uh, passive victims. The economy might turn. There will be troubles of many varieties, I'm sure, both in the U.S. and in U.K., but uh, the game is ours to play. And if we bring an effective plan to it and build a team to implement that plan and then build out our toolkit, we're going to succeed together. And I would encourage everybody to lean into those ideas for 2023. So, Michael, any concluding remarks? No, I don't want to mess with that beautiful conclusion. I think you put it very, very well. 2023 is what you make of it. The game is definitely ours to play. The only thing I would add is just to reiterate what I said, which is GDP growing or shrinking is just a massive generalization which hides multiple problem areas and multiple opportunity areas and so you just got to find the opportunity areas and dig away into those haven't you i think that and you've got to be very determined i think it's the other thing like if everyone's running around like chicken little and you're just keeping going and focused in a way there's never been a better time to be in business but for sure it's 100 but yeah yeah so yeah, great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And, and it's great to hear what your plans are and what you're stopping and starting. And so the final thing is just to say to anyone listening, thank you so much for your support. While well, download numbers are, are gently, but steadily going up over time, which is fantastic to see. So don't forget to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or, or Google, wherever it else is, you can find it. And we'll keep working hard to bring you the best advice to help you be the best e-commerce leader you can be. Cool. Love it. Um, that was the e-commerce leader podcast with michael Vesey in london england jason miles in seattle washington we offer you free help on our website including pdfs videos and mini courses on topics like traffic product and sales channels some are for amazon most are for any sales channel to get those and to stay up to date with our podcasts go to www.theecommerceleader.com thanks for listening